0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. I'm Brittany Vitrino And I'm Martha Bartlett. We've been nerds since day one, and we love to talk. And now we're your hosts of But But First, First, Let's let's Talk Nerdy. Come listen if you like anything from comics, anime, video games, sci-fi, and even history. Just sit back, relax, even join us with a drink in hand, because we'll have one in ours too, and come talk nerdy with us every Tuesday. We are now a proud member of the ESO Network, and you can download wherever you like to listen. See you next Tuesday. And welcome again to The Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am the host, The Monster, back to give you a very long overdue podcast. So today I will be talking about Hamilton and explaining as to why a sci-fi and pop culture podcast is talking about Hamilton. I'll get to that in a moment. I just want to take a moment... That at the time of this recording, which is now at 10.18pm on August 15th. It is still my birthday and I have less than an hour and 40 minutes. Normally, that would be a cause for celebration, right? Not today. And it's not to be a Debbie Downer. Because you need to have... Perspective on things. Let's start off with the whole year beginning. My father-in-law passed away. We also then had COVID brought upon us. In the process, I have lost three kittens that I missed terribly. My cousin, who lives up in New York, had been affected by COVID himself and lost his wife as well. I had a colleague who I worked with briefly lose her boyfriend and they were going to get married. This past week, I should say Wednesday, there was an incident at the library in which the guard was not letting this person, a woman, come into the library. Because one, she wasn't wearing any shoes and two, she just got released from the hospital and the hospital is next door to the library since I was at the desk and I kind of noticed what was going on, things seemed to be getting a little bit more testy. I went out there to kind of back up the guard. And it seemed like we were dealing with the situation. Fair enough. Nothing was going to be violent. Now we also have early elections and since the early election people were there, they called the police to take care of the situation. As the situation progressed, One of the people from elections advised us, this is third party, that the person in question coming from the hospital is known to be COVID positive. Being that I was there with the guard, and you're not keeping track of time or your distance when you're dealing with irate patrons at times, and you try to keep your distance... Then, might have been at times less than six feet and so forth. I did have my mask on, and so did the guard. But the thing is, now that we had the idea of possible exposure, I didn't want to risk transmitting this into the library or to anyone else. So, I went home for the day. I got an appointment for this yesterday, Friday. And I got my nose done the second time. Did this, this I, again being the second time. The first time I did this raptor, I saw Hamilton, and that's why I wanted to do this then, and I still want to do it right now. What sucks about this is that I had to quarantine myself, just to make sure that I'm safe and protecting everyone else that's around me safe. But the timing really sucks. Because I'm recording this right now at now 10.22pm on my birthday. Self-quarantine. I don't want this to be a pity party. I knew it was going to be a hard day. I didn't want to make this as an issue or post it on Facebook like look at me and have pity or something to that effect. I didn't want that to be. So I try to do my best. And to take care of myself many different ways. I was able to order IHOP and got myself a great breakfast, some pancakes. That was around 12 o'clock and I'm still full from that breakfast. My daughter dropped off a cake that I felt I could not eat alone. So I just had to get through this. So I start taking pictures of my stupid action figures, and you'll see them on Instagram. And I started to watch Hamilton again. I made myself that promise. Watch Hamilton again. Remember how it felt when you watched it with your son. And how fantastic you felt afterwards. And I really wanted to record this shortly after I saw this, because I was on a high, a major high from that show. ...from the soundtrack, and I just could not get enough of that. But since it aired back in July 3rd... ...I've had this kind of, like, mental block. I could not be creative. It was really hard to get back into that mindset. And I forced myself to do the things that I've been wanting to do. Just have fun and just play with shit. Talk. Sure, the cats don't really listen... But that's besides the point, it's just the timing is really bad, and I really hate that. It's like my number two out of all my birthdays that's up there that this sucks. And the first one was being that my other cousin passed away on my birthday. I've had wonderful memories too, but it's hard to kind of like be happy in light of everything that we're all dealing with. It's not to say that my shit is better than yours or my shit is rougher and everyone is going through shit in their life. And it's everyday crap that it happens. We'll manage it and get through it. But add a goddamn pandemic and add the upcoming election. The mental stress and the agony of dealing with The everyday life, the news, and with people not wanting to wear the damn mask or having to protest for their own rights to breathe, everything is gone completely crazy. It is too much at times. Hence why I don't feel like recording. And there have been wonderful things that I've been watching, that I've been catching up on, like two seasons of Harley Quinn on HBO Max. And I finished the Umbrella Academy for the second season, which I loved. And I finished second season of Doom Patrol, and I want to talk about that. Even if Mr. Jr. is not with me, I can still do this. I couldn't. Again, think about perspective here. My daughter posted something on Facebook, and she sent me a message on it. That her fine arts drama teacher, his cat, who's had less than, I think, three years, had major surgery. And bill came out to over $12,000. So I did my part to help his cause, to feel at least lighten someone else's burden. So I'll have his information in the show notes. So, you know, like when you go out to, to the store or do takeout, and you kind of tip those people who are struggling a little bit more than usual. This is the same thing. If we can do something for someone else to lighten their burden, I think that's the only way we'll get through this. On that note, I did enjoy watching Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. It was something that I never expected to ever see because the tickets are just too damn expensive. And I know people who got to see it when they were traveling around the state, so lucky them. But I think I had a better deal when I came to Disney+. And when I'm talking about Hamilton, I didn't realize how much musicals, stage shows that I've seen in my life. And it's not like... It's a stigma that, you know, just because you enjoy musical theaters does not mean there's something wrong with you. It's not my it's not in my wheelhouse that I'm constantly referring to or playing with. As I'll talk into my long history, there's just so much that is out there I did not realize that I've seen and, and listened to over the years. So let's begin with this. Lin Manuel Miranda. Even though I listened to Hamilton. My kids introduced me to him, doing the Hamilton soundtrack. It was different, but it's it's one of those. Until you see it visually and you make that connection, it's a whole different ball game. What I had in the meantime was Moana. After I think the first song, or maybe during that latter part of the first song, the music really started to get to me, and I really started to get into what. Lynn Manuel was doing. I was totally engaged more than many other Disney musical soundtracks like Little Mermaid or Hunchback of Notre Dame. This was a lot more engaging and I was it had a lot more uh, listenability, that is a word, to have it be repeated over and over again. And then lo and behold, Lynn is Mary Poppins returns. Mary Poppins, and I still hate that stupid phrase, even though I've never seen it. I started to listen to the soundtrack just to see if if it invoked any of the the feelings that I had and nostalgia I had for the original Mary Poppins, which it didn't do that at all. So I still have to give Mary Poppins Returns at least a try. and see what happens. The other thing that uh, Lin had done was uh, his Dark Material, which is on HBO Max, which is the Golden Compass series by uh, Pullman. I have yet to see it. It looks fantastic. I mean, after Game of Thrones and they were looking for the next big thing, I don't think it really took that route to take over what Game of Thrones left. But, and I think it is getting a season two out of it. Now, one of the things about this podcast is that I always make sure that there's some kind of connection to whether it's an actor that does something in sci-fi and then something does a dramatic or a comedy or whatever and still talk about that. And vice versa. So in this case, Lin-Manuel does have a connection to Star Wars, oddly enough, for The Force Awakens. He did write two songs, The Jabba Flow and The Dorba Boomba. And I think that's in the cantina scene with Maze, with Han and Finn and Ray and all that jazz. Then he came back in The Rise of Skywalker and he wrote a song called Lido Hey, which I think is the Desert Party thing... I, I'm trying to block out as much as I can about that movie. But he did get it uncredited Stormtrooper role. So, make Lynn happy. Let him have his movies. But, you know, it, it's still, it's a talent that he has, and I appreciate what he is able to deliver. And having seen Hamilton on July 3rd, I couldn't get through the whole thing that first night. I stopped maybe somewhere after the first song, and after the first intermission. Well, there's only one intermission, but just after the intermission. I was just so exhausted. This time around, watching the second time, I sat all the way through. I was kind of cool with that. But my God, it is such a difference to see someone... Do something different than what I've been seeing most of my life up to this point. Before I get started on the whole love for Hamilton, we we'll would talk about something I never thought I would talk about are musicals. I've watched many film versions of musicals as well as a couple of stage versions, person and soundtracks as well. So, one of them is Porgy and Bess, which I saw the stage version of that, but it was done as an opera, which I wasn't that crazy about, but I still love the music nonetheless. Color Purple, a movie that I watched and I got to see a musical for that. Back in, I think it's middle school. Yeah, it has to be middle school. Got to see Dream Girls on on Broadway back in the day. Chorus Line. Several times. <laughs> I mean, that was like our big class trip that many times we got to see Chorus Line. And so the film version of that. Of that time, a chorus line was like huge. Like top notch chorus line cats. And there was something else I'm, I'm blanking out on. But with the chorus line, there were a lot of good songs that, you know, I re- wasn't really collecting any CDs or a, back in the day records, but I still remember that, you know, I hope I get it, the opening song, in which there are all these people that are, are, are auditioning for a role, and they're singing, and they're dancing, whatever, and they're singing the song, I hope I get it. There was another song called Dance 10, Looks 3, which is a tits and ass song. There was a an, another song called Give Me the Ball, which in the film version of that movie, the chorus line movie did not include, which was like, really? The, one of the best songs that I liked, Give Me the Ball, and they don't even include that, so that's kind of messed up. And of course, the, the big finale one That's amazing. That last number, I just can't get enough of that. The next one that I thought, what could top that? Phantom of the Opera got to listen to the music ahead of time and got to see the actual live performance of that. And here you have an adaptation of a movie that was made into a musical. And what's interesting is that it's so evocative with this music that it's still... It plays still in my head. I can hear it perfectly. Angel of Music, The Music of Night... All I've Asked of You and Masquerade are just completely uh, fascinating That is still still something I can play the CD and still see the visuals like any good soundtrack should do. But man, I was just so mesmerized by what they can do on a stage, especially uh, one scene, the Phantom is rowing down, I guess, the canal underneath And they have all these row of lights. And it's just this illusion on stage stuff. Depth. And and like a world underneath. That kind of weird mise-en-scene. But it was amazing. Really well done. There was actually a film version done by the late Joel Schumacher. Who did Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. So see, there's another science fiction connection to do. My podcast on, because I also saw the film version of that, of the musical, not the original Phantom of the Opera. It is all still connected, and it's still enjoyable to have those kind of moments. Just like any genre, there's something that can speak to you that is done differently, that it would have never played that way before in another medium. Like, if you're doing a comic book, And sometimes you try to adapt it into a movie. Sometimes the movie may do a better job to flesh out what the comic book did, but you see things a lot more better as a movie. In this case, a musical really does paint a different... I'm trying to think of a better word, but it just has a different way of painting on a canvas. Like watercolors versus oil painting. It's all different, but it's... Beautiful to watch it be done in front of you. Now, as I mentioned before, there are a couple things I've seen on film. So we have Chicago, which was another one that I thought it was like, this is really damn good by Bob Fossey. Nine also is another one that I got to watch. Little Shop of Horrors, which was a Roger Corman movie that had Jack Nicholson in one scene. Back in the day. And Frank Oz directed this. And it was a musical that was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that. I I never would have considered this one being a musical. But it's The Wizard of Oz. Because there's music in this movie. So it makes it a musical. And then, of course, the black version of The Wizard of Oz called The Wiz. Which you had the late Michael Jackson. And, of course, you had Mary Poppins. Can't forget that. We have Easter Parade. I've seen plenty of Easter Parade in my time. White Christmas. Singing in the Rain was one of my movies that I saw when I was doing film studies in college, which was amazing to see on the big screen. Um, We also had West Side Story, which is being made uh, by Steven Spielberg, which who knows if it's going to (laughs) be released anytime soon. But That one was directed by by Robert Weiss, who did Star Trek, the motion picture. So, again, you can enjoy someone's work across different genres. And then we have Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They're singing that, too. Again, I didn't think that would be a musical, but it does qualify. The Music Man, My Fair Lady, The Pirates of Penzance, Meet Me, St. Louis... Producers, which was the film version of the Mel Brooks movie that he adapted for the stage, and then they also filmed that version as a musical, too. So it's it's a weird thing how it, it gets all made done. Hair, which I have none, but Hair it was a great movie. I love the song, Age of Aquarius. Nothing speaks more to me about the 60s than Hair. I mean, it's a great metaphor. People who have long hair as like rebellion, whereas people have short hair who are more conformed to society and things of that nature. Fantastic. Greece, I saw in the theaters growing up. And why would I pick Greece? I don't know, but I love the hell out of Greece. And I had a huge crush on Olivia Newton John, who didn't. But Greece, come on, that was fantastic. Uh, Another movie. Crossing Universe, which is adapted on the Beatles song, just done differently in a different setting. And I'm blanking out on her name. And I'll get to that in a moment. But the director, I believe she's in that one, that did the Spider-Man. Not into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> turned off the dark. Play, I'll talk about that in a moment. Moulin Rouge with Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. I did see Oklahoma with Hugh Jackman in it. Which, I know he's Wolverine. And I know that he's not going to, you know, not break into character as Wolverine singing Oklahoma. But he enjoys that. And I enjoy seeing him enjoying that. So that's a kind of weird thing. And what's fascinating about Oklahoma, if you have not seen the Watchmen series... There's a black version of Oklahoma being done. And in the context of that series, in that universe, it is fantastically mind-blowing. I'll get to that point in a moment, because the reason why I like Hamilton is probably for the exact same reason why Oklahoma on The Watchmen was done that way. We have Fame. I didn't think about it as a musical, but there is music... People are singing, and there's dancing on the streets, so to speak. Not just some random people just doing that, but it's part of the their universe. So, fame is considered as a musical. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is another sci-fi kind of weird musical. Tim Curry as Dr. Frankfurter. That itself, if it does not win you over, plus the music. I, I mean, it's, again, I, I love... The weirdness of what they were able to accomplish and how long that series has survived. That just that one movie has survived through the years and to multi-generations still enjoying the hell out of Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then there's Avida I didn't see the actual Broadway show, but I saw the movie adaptation with Madonna in it and Antonio Banderas as well. Titanic, not the... James Cameron version, but the actual stage version, but done as a musical, I saw pieces of it um, on TV, but I've listened to the soundtrack all the way through. And I just find it kind of weird that, looking at everything else, story wise, how you were able to take something that was tragic and turn it into a piece of entertainment which is weird. It's like, I don't see someone say, you know what nine eleven needs? It needs a musical. And talk about the bombs bursting in air. No. So I, I find it kind of weird that you are able to do this in that setting. Alright. All that jazz that had Roy Scheider in it, kind of pseudo-musical, but it was also based on the life of Bob Fosse, so it was kind of... I guess kind of like in there, there are still some things that I have not seen. Not necessarily I regret, but I have not seen because these are huge movies or huge properties that when I was in New York, that was it. So you had Les Miserables or miss Les Miserables, probably mispronouncing it either way, which was made into a movie that Anne Hathaway won an Oscar for, I think. Still haven't seen it. Miss Saigon was another one that I've never got to see. Uh, I don't know the music, and I don't know the actual story behind it, other than the helicopter scene at the end, leaving. Starlight Express was something I'm like, and they're singing and dancing on roller skates. Okay. But it was a thing. And the thing that I would not talk about, but it's cats. Thank God I did not see... The film version of cats. Cause honestly, said Lindsay Be- not Lindsay Buckingham. I forgot her name. Lindsay. Whatever. The one who sings memories. That's it. That's all I know of that whole show. So when the trailer came out for the film version of that stage play and Seeing the weirdness of why are the cats wearing other cats' fur, like fur coats, was disturbing. Let alone the fact that there was a a version of cats in which you would see buttholes. And they had to, like, digitally remove all the buttholes from all the actors. And I'm like, no. I refuse to watch this on principle. I've seen enough cat buttholes in my own house... Because I have cats. I don't want to see any more on my TV screen. Put that all aside, right? There is sci-fi or pop culture, uh, comic book geekiness, stuff related to doing musicals. So you had The Addams Family that came out not too long ago. That was initially as a comic. And of course, it was a TV show. You had films. And then was made into an actual musical. You also had... It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman, the musical. You also had... You're a good man, Charlie Brown. You also had Snoopy. And don't forget this classic... Annie! How many times I heard... Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow... There'll be sun. <sighs> I really got sick of Annie. <laughs> and it wasn't that it was bad. It's just like in New York, every year you have a new actress playing Annie and a new dog playing um, Annie's dog. <laughs> and that's it. It's just that one song tomorrow. Yeah, you know, The song will come out tomorrow. Ugh, okay, enough. So, going back to Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. This is something that I I was kind of excited about because it had you two, Bono and the Edge, doing the music. Julie Taymor, who did the Across the Universe movie, did the Lion King adaptation for the stage. And that, I think, was amazing to look at. I've not seen that stage show. But from what the little bit I saw, it's amazing. Kind of makes sense to put her... To kind of direct and try to make a living comic book come to life as a musical. And honestly, the only reason why people even went to this, it was to see the multiple, on many occasions, disasters happening with the fireworks, and people are flying off and getting injured, and just like, you're just waiting for an accident to happen. That's the only reason why people are there. Sadly. You can still listen to the soundtrack, which I still enjoy it. If you really want to see the stage version, you can find it on YouTube, a really bad cell phone version of it. But at least I got to see what it looked like. And there's something to be said about someone doesn't know the comic book properties. You're introducing stuff that doesn't belong in there, but you try to make this your own universe, and it's like, eh it doesn't work if it doesn't kind of gel to satisfy someone who knows that world of comic books versus someone who knows that world of music you would think that you can kind of fit it together and it doesn't really do that now there are musical episodes like in buffy I'm trying to think of other series that do musical numbers I remember one, there was a Batman episode where he's fighting the Music Meister. And, of course, he's doing a whole lot of singing. So, it's not that it's unheard of. Oh, The CW and the Supergirl and The Flash did a whole musical. They're calling themselves the Super Best Friends, I think was one song, which you can actually get on Hoopla through your library. And it was very, very enjoyable. The... Next thing I want to do was talk about... Lastly, in relation to properties being transformed into musicals... Is going to be Spongebob the Musical. Sure, you want to go ahead and do that. Fine. <laughs> but there's a rule of thumb. You know how Star Trek movies are only good as even movies? And don't get me started with the Kelvin timeline. Anytime you saw a musical... That was on the Macy's Parade. Bet your bottom dollar. That show is going to be cancelled later that year. Sure enough. Spongebob was on there. And it's already cancelled. Spider-Man. Turn Off the dark. Cancelled. So anytime you've ever seen a musical. Forget it. It's gone. You're not going to see it. It is like. The Grammy is giving the best new artist to an artist that wins it. And then next year, you never hear from them or ever again. Stay away from doing that. Before we get back into Hamilton, I do want to talk about an actual honorable mention. And this is in regards to Alien. The actual movie that Ridley Scott did, there was a play that was done out of New Jersey. um, North Bergen High School Drama Club made an actual stage version of this movie out of all recycled parts and whatever, and they did an incredible job. And at one point, Sigourney Weaver not only reached out to the cast, she also introduced them at one time. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm just like, bravo for creating something from nothing and to do something like that to get people and kids interested I know if I had been in that situation, I didn't have any interest in drama, but if they're going to do a live version of a movie and it's alien, you damn right I want to work on that. Granted, I may not want to be acting, but I really would want to be a part of that. So I think sometimes that approach of adapting something that is known into another medium, I think it's exciting if it's done well. Like in that case, that it worked out perfectly. But, man, I I don't want to see that become a musical, so let's just leave it at that. (laughs) I think they know where the limit is, and that's it. The other one, Senor Patrick Stewart. He has done a couple of one-man plays. He had done The Christmas Carol, which I've owned multiple DVDs for some reason, still wrapped. 'Cause he does it like he did it at one time a couple of times every year, just doing his one man sh- stage play of uh Christmas Carol. But I never got to see it in live. So I got a copy of that and somehow I keep forgetting. Did I buy that? No? Okay, I'll buy it again. And then same thing next year after that. Did I get did I did I get, get have this? No. Alright, I'll buy it. So I have like three or four copies of the exact same damn thing. And then of course Yes, Mr. Jane, you know what's coming. <laughs> the Scottish Play. He has done a one-man show of my favorite Shakespeare book, Macbeth. Yes, I can say Macbeth because I'm not doing any kind of stage show. And honestly, what do I have to lose at this point? The year is so shitty. Fuck Macbeth. There. Go ahead. Do what you can. Make me cry even more. So, never got to see this. But Mr. Gene did. I wasn't happy that he would got to do that. But that's not the point. point here is, I have a copy of his stage play. That I borrowed from the library. So, there. And I had to do nothing for it. So... That's the other benefit about having stuff like this being filmed. Going back to Hamilton, the benefit of having something like this filmed, it has to be shared. just like a movie. You're not going to release it on DVD, although in this climate, you know, no one's going to go to the movies. But back in the day, you released a movie, you have it released to cable or to streaming service, your, your platforms to sell for DVDs and Blu-ray and all that jazz. And then you have it on TV. So you want to make the most of your monies, right? And I get that. But when Disney announced that this was going to be on their streaming service on July 3rd, I can almost guarantee you the majority of the people never saw Hamilton in person. In New York or anywhere else when it was traveling across the U S that in itself to what they did was give you an experience that is even better than you being in that theater. So to their credit, I love what they did. I love the fact that, and I'm not criticizing white actors, white actresses, But it's nice to see people of color. And it's nice to hear music that's not done like any other musical that I've heard before. When you talk about musicals, it's like people start breaking out into song or start doing jazz hands. And it's a really bad stigma. Because that's not fair to those who ...put in the effort to make those plays work. In this case, when I watch the performers do their dancing... ...their choreography, all the nuance from the lighting... ...to the carousel stage that revolves every once in a while... ...it's just mind-blowing how much is put into this. And there are times in which I have to watch other videos dissect certain scenes to know what's going on because there's just so much going on. I'm still blown away by how it all came together. And it started with Lin-Manuel reading the, this book on Hamilton. And there was this one picture I remember, while well, I'm trying to do the research on, that he's sitting in a pool and he's reading his copy of a book and I noticed on the back of the book, in the bottom corner... That looks like an old Borders book label. And it's very distinct. And I'm like, that's Borders. So I'm like, back in the day, <laughs> I used to work at Borders. So did Mr. Gene. So it was kind of interesting that his idea came from reading this book. And then he came up with the musical moments that preceded his entire life. And he transcribed that life into something that is completely different, the way that I never would have seen history done ever. So it got me excited again, thinking about, oh, I remember the Paul Giamatti series on HBO, John Adams, because there is interaction between John Adams and Hamilton. Of course, not in so much in the play, but the HBO version of that. And at one point, you know, John Adams as president it's coming up to the White House, and you see it being built by slaves. And at one point, it's like, it reminds me or evokes me this image of, like, the Death Star being built in Star Wars Episode Three, and had that kind of weird feeling. But I loved Paul Giamatti's uh, version of John Adams. So it got me excited to kind of get out of my comfort level. And yeah, I love science fiction, and I love pop culture. I love talking about cooking. Don't get me started on Bon Appetit. I'm still pissed about that. But history, because of what I'm seeing on the screen right now, the way it's done, I'm interested to explore and find out more information about what went on in our history. I remember going into college in my first year, and the professor talked about Columbus and how he is revered. But the shit that he did, it's not cool. He did horrible things. There is no way indicative of us celebrating a mass murderer. But they didn't teach us that. So the point here that I'm trying to make is that sometimes if you're given an option to do something from a certain point of view, it's different and it highlights things that you would never have thought about or have seen. Going back to Watchmen, I had no idea about the Tulsa Massacre until it was shown to me in the context of fiction. I'm simply blown away that this was never taught. And watching Hamilton being done with people of color was not distracting. The music was not unbearable. It had its own energy and it had its own life. So when you have someone playing Hamilton that's not white, I'm okay with that. There was a time back in the day, and probably still is, where I think uh, Miss Saigon, there were issues with actors. The Acting Guild did not want to hire non-Asian actors or have non-Asian actors play Asian roles. That kind of drives me nuts. In a perfect world, everyone can play anything, right? Even with voice acting, also became a big thing. Your voice does not define you. It defines the character you're playing. I forgot the name of the woman. Oh my god. I'm Bob's Burgers. The mom and the daughter are both played by men. Are you saying that they both had to be played by women? or if you're playing a biracial character, that you yourself have to be biracial. I get there have been inequities across the board from people not getting work based on their skin color. One day we'll get to that point in which it becomes a non-issue, and then it becomes a matter of talent. What I see on that stage right now is people that have talent. I'm glad... That I got to see this, and seeing a musical done in a different way that I've never seen before, is eye-opening. Not that I'm planning to do this, but here's an idea. In the context of Titanic, you take a situation like Titanic, piece of history, you make it into a musical. What if I did Star Trek the musical? You take a piece of Star Trek history and you make that into a musical or into an opera. I think that will be interesting to see. I'm sure it will be a lot better than what I'm seeing right now on Star Trek Discovery or Picard and maybe Lower Decks if I have enough, I don't know, time on my hands to watch it. It's crazy enough and might work. I may not work. But... Wouldn't that be something? I mean, we had comic books, we had TV shows. Why not add to that list? It's gotten me excited with that possibility. Again, I'm not planning to write this, but it's given me the possibility of looking at something different through this new lens and a new perspective. That got me excited. Yes, Hamilton in by no means is sci-fi related, but it does have sci-fi connections to the actors and their projects and the various musicals over the years that have had connection to the stuff that I love. But in the meantime, it's a thing that I needed more than anything else is to feel this energy. That's all I care about. When we're all dealing with COVID and just trying to get through life's everyday struggles, this was a nice break. And I can't wait to see more things come out. Granted, Mulan is not the musical version that I would want to have seen because they dropped the musical part. But whatever. That's another good movie I like as a musical. But uh, there's just so many moments in this musical that I've enjoyed and like the, the one moment at the end I'm still trying to figure out what does Eliza why does she gasp at the end and to me maybe she sees her son Philip I don't know but I have to rewatch the ending to see was he there in the background because when the two of them meet her and Alexander meet and you see all the people in the past in the back I want to think that's what it is. But again, it's, it's left open so that whatever the actress comes in to play that interprets that differently. So that's what's really, really, really interesting. is the different interpretation of the different actors who take that role and kind of run with it. And you have certain actors that will play Lin's role better as a singer, but may not be as strong as his rapping ability. Or can perform better as an actor, but may not be great in, as a singer. And that's okay. But uh, the fact that you have someone as talented as Lin is able to take something that he read in a book and then use his talents in the musical theater and then come up with this idea. And then after I finished watching that, I started watching the Hamilton videos that were him in the White House like a year before it actually hit the stage and how he had this idea and he played all the parts in the very beginning and it was just like, people were just so blown away and I'm like, oh my god, I wish I was (laughs) in the room where it happened. (laughs) There you go, there's my little pun because I always quote things from sci-fi, that's my little quote from a musical. I wanted to be in the room where it happened. And that was in the White House with Obama. That would have been amazing. But still, Hamilton got me excited and it should still excite you. If you've never seen a musical, I would watch this in a heartbeat. I would highly recommend it. If you have not seen this, and if you have seen musicals? I still highly recommend this. This is still an amazing piece of work. I, I can't speak about it enough. And I wish I had a lot more, not necessarily technical expertise, but just like with my sci-fi uh, knowledge, I have really like deep insights because I get really stupidly nerdy on things. But that's okay. I, at least I want to get across to the point to you that you can love everything under the sun. Nothing is off limits. I never thought of me being a musical fan for that genre but again I've talked about a lot of craft that I've seen over the years and that's a lot so I never really considered myself a musical person but I do enjoy them there's no shame in that and there's no harm in having those moments in which yes people suddenly break out into song and there's dancing involved but sometimes that's what you want to do You really want to escape into that world and be part of that. I think more than ever, we need to have a lot more joy in our life. On that note, it is now 11.19pm. I have 40 minutes left of my birthday. But that's okay, because I'm still going to celebrate when I get out of quarantine. I have a nice trip coming up at Labor Day. I'll get to celebrate with my family. And I'll get to celebrate by getting out of town. And hopefully, I can get back on board to doing my podcast. I don't know what the next podcast will be on. I do hope that whatever you're dealing with, that if you're taking time out to listen to this podcast, I hope you're doing well. I want you to be safe. Please, for the love of God. Wear a mask, wash your hands, stay six feet apart at least from each other. We will get through this horrible year. We only have another five months? No. uh, Four months. I can't count. (sighs) Alright, I'm done. So, thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi. In this case, a musical a certain point of view. Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network. Your station for all things geek.